Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. I'm continuing on with my lessons on the balance of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in a church service. Understand this, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are temporary, but the Word of God is eternal. So one holds balance over the other one. One holds more weight than the other, and that is the Word of God. So let's go to the Word of God and find out about it together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome again to Student of the Word. Glad to have you here today. We've been discussing for the past couple of days on the importance of the gifts of the Spirit in the local church and the proper balance between the Word of God being taught and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation, a church service. And what I pointed out to you was the greatest thing in the church service is not the gifts of the Spirit, but the Word of God. This is what lives and abides forever. The gifts of the Spirit will one day come to an end. Even the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit, such as a person being healed, that's only for as long as you live. And I mean, if you have a disease and it's suddenly gone, we can rejoice, be happy for that. But again, when the end of your life comes, your body's gone and that thing was just temporary. But what these things do, the gifts of the Spirit, they are something for the moment, but they help to magnify that which is eternal. When it comes to uh, witnessing, God has given us the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, the purpose of being filled with the Spirit is not just for us to be blessed by it, although we are, and not just for us to have rest and comfort by praying in tongues or speaking with tongues, although we are. That's found back in the book of Isaiah chapter 52. But also the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit in witnessing is to grab the attention, give a person healing, all those different things. The purpose they are given for is Jesus said, I will send my Spirit upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. The major use of the gifts of the Spirit is to bring people to something that is eternal, which is the new birth. In the church service, the same thing is true of the gifts of the Spirit. Their purpose, although there's much limitation that's applied to it in 1 Corinthians 14, for the amount of time that they're allowed to operate in the church service, the purpose is the edification of everybody, but also to draw attention to the Word of God, which is about to come. The gifts of the Spirit are to be limited, but the Word of God is not to be limited. I mean, you, the, the Bible talks about, we'll talk about it today, in the church service when it comes to tongue, interpretation of tongue, and prophecy, that is allowed to be three at the most, two or three at the most. And so again, then after that, though, the preaching of the word of God comes and the, and that can last up to, you know, 45 minutes or an hour. Uh, that's maybe that's old school, 30 minutes today, but you know, but again, still the word of God is what they're going to take home with them. And the word of God lives and abides forever. In each case, the purpose of the gifts of the spirit, although they are temporary, is to emphasize something that is eternal in witnessing, to introduce them to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, in the church service, to prepare hearts for the coming of the word of God, because the word of God lives and abides forever. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse seven, turn there with me, but while you are, welcome to all of you guys that are here for the first time. Glad to have you here. You know, I pastored for 33 years for the visitors today. Glad you came. Would love for you to fill out a card. Of course, the card is just simply get hold of us on our website, 
find out what we have, avail yourself. We have a website too called ministersclub.com. On there is free things. You love the word free, don't you? All right. The free things are downloads of outlines, sermon material, uh, different types of, of teachings and stuff. Great things for you. And then the regular website, bobyandian.com, is a place where you can go and order books and all types of products. And these things are not just to make money. Although we use the money to expand the ministry, it's for your personal edification. Because believe me, magazines from the world and even encyclopedias from the world will one day be dated. And I mean, just a few years from now, the way that knowledge is changing, they're going to be dated. But the Word of God lives and abides forever. And some of the best books I study from were written back during the 1800s, the early 1900s into the 1950s, incredible knowledge. But again, those things never change. And so what you're going to be ordering from there is the Word of God, whether it be in books or whether it be on flash drives or whether it be on CDs, those things are going to change you eternally because one revelation from the Word of God can never be taken away from you. And so you can go there also and become a partner with me. For those of you who've been watching for some time, you're more than just a visitor, you want to become committed and become a partner. Go to the website and you'll find on there on the face page, a place where you can become a partner with me. Join with me, join our hearts together first. Next of all, join the hands together as we minister to people. And that happens as a partner is that even when I minister it and people's lives get changed, you share with the blessings. And when it comes into heaven one day, we stand before the Lord and he hands out the rewards in heaven, rewards that you might think were going to go to me because I preached it actually goes partly to you because you helped to fund it. So again, if you'd like to become a partner, go to the website. I look forward to you becoming a partner with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 says this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, 1 Corinthians 12 actually lists the gifts of the Spirit, but gives no explanation. Some explanation comes in chapter 14 because we have three chapters dealing with the same issue, and that is the gifts and the supernatural in the personal life of the believer and the church service of the believer, how that each believer can operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians 12, again, in uh, verses 7 through 11, just lists the gifts of the Spirit. And then in uh, chapter 13, we have the most utmost important reason why we operate them, and that is love. Not for self-centeredness, but the purpose of loving everyone else. This is given to me for the moment. As it says here in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it's given to each one for the profit of all. I like to think of it this way. It's given to one person to profit everybody else. It's not given for your profit. You just are being used by God at the moment by the Holy Spirit, and through you flows the supernatural and it blesses people around you. And there are nine manifestations of the Spirit given here in this verse, in these verses of Scripture. And so again, they're listed here, but in chapter 14, three are specifically lifted out because they operate in the church service, and that is tongues to be interpreted, the interpretation of those tongues, or what is equivalent to those two is prophecy. And all three of them are given for the edification of those who are attending. Now, I want to qualify one thing. In chapter 14, where we'll be dealing with the tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy, those tongues are part of the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine gifts or nine manifestations of the Spirit, but these nine manifestations come and the introduction to them, the entrance into them is being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues in your person. 
personal life. The tongues you have in your personal life is for you. It's not for anybody else. The main place you exercise them is in your private life, in your study, in your in your uh, time of worship to the Lord, in singing to the Lord, praise and worship, but also there's times in your car, any time where there's privacy between you and God, you can praise the Lord in tongues, speak in tongues, and the Bible says when you do, you give thanks well. But they are not intended to be interpreted. All right, but that is a doorway into the gifts of the Spirit. In chapter 19 of the book of Acts, when Paul laid his hands on those that were disciples, in fact, it said he met certain disciples. That ought to be a clue right there. These were not sinners. These were believers. You don't call sinners disciples. He met certain disciples and found out they already were born again. But he said to them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? I know some interpret some uh, other translations said when you believe. And it's possible when you get born again, you can go right from there into being filled with the Spirit. But he qualified and said, have you been born uh, filled with the Spirit since you believe? They said, no. But they didn't deny they had believed. They said, we've never believed. No, no, they had believed because it was obvious they were Christians, but Paul could only go so far with them and talking to them. Then he says, have you received? They said, we haven't even heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. Paul laid his hands on them. And the Bible says then after that, they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Understand this, speaking with tongues, comes before the prophecy. Did you notice that? Because the speaking with tongues was personally for them. But that personal thing opened up the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit, of which prophecy is one of them. They began to prophesy. Those There's three gifts that God has reserved for operation within the local church service. Not your general speaking in tongues. That's for your personal life. That's for all the time. And it comes that that brings you edification in your personal life. It also brings you an, an understanding clearer of God's voice to you because Isaiah 52 says, with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. So God speaks to you when you pray in tongues and clearer than ever. In fact, greater clarity of the life that God wants you to live, greater clarity of the road he has prepared for you, the office he has prepared for you, and the will of God in the days to come. This comes by, again, praying in the Spirit. How did Paul know not to go north into Bithynia? How did he know not to go south into Asia? In fact, he tried to go north into Bithynia and the Holy Spirit resisted him and said, no. He tried to go south into Asia and this time the Holy Spirit forbid him to go. It was stronger. How could he hear so clearly and then travel across the country, end up at Troas and have a vision in the nighttime of an individual person, a man saying, come over here to Macedonia. How could he get such clarity of a call on his life? I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Paul prayed in tongues in his private life, which opened up personally for him, his private leading, his personal guidance before the Lord, even to the countries he was supposed to go to. And when he got there, the cities within the country he was supposed to go to. But we come back to it again, what we're going to run into, but the gifts of the Spirit are not given to you for your personal edification. That's speaking with tongues personally for you. But what it produces is nine gifts of the Spirit, and this is for, as it says in verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit of 1 Corinthians 12 is given to each one for the profit of all. The gifts are for all born-again, Spirit-filled believers. All may minister in church, not just pastors and praise and worship leaders, except for we're going to find in chapter 14 of uh, 1 Corinthians, we're going to find this out, is that any manifestation of the Spirit within the church service coming through the people is to be limited to two at the most three. So again, we'll find that out. But as far as the praise and worship, 
You can have as many songs as you want. And on top of that, pray uh, the teaching of the word of God as long as you want. As long as your people can stand it, I'll put that put that way. But again, there, there's no boundaries set around praise and worship, no boundaries set around the preaching of the word of God, but there are boundaries set around the operation of the three uh, utterance gifts within the church, tongues, interpretation of those tongues, or prophecy, which is equivalent to tongues and interpretation of tongues. Their purpose is everyone else's benefit, not the person. Again, I go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 7. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of everyone else. It's given to you to profit someone else. When I used to watch The Lone Ranger when I was young, I love the end of the show. It, most all of them ended this way. As he rode out of town with this mask on, people would say, who is that masked man? Well, he came in here and straightened out the whole thing, got rid of the bad guys, brought in the prophets back from the gold mine. We now own the gold mine again. Uh, this, uh, you know, Annie over here now owns her farm that they were trying to take away from her. He got rid of the bad guys. As he's riding where they say, who was that masked man? And they'll say, I don't know. The point of it is he was the Lone Ranger, but you didn't know his name. When you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, when you when the service is over, people might say, who was that person that gave that tongue or interpretation of tongue? I don't know, but wasn't it wonderful? You come to set them free, not to let your name be known. When you when you go out of there, as far as people are concerned, they may not know your name, but they do know this. You became a blessing in that church service and you didn't do it to promote yourself. You did it for the profit or the benefit of everyone who was attending. I'll see you right after halftime. The new birth is an inward work of the Holy Spirit. But when a believer becomes filled with the Holy Spirit, there is an outward display. In these 32 MP3 audio lessons by Pastor Bob Yandian, the ministry and gifts of the Holy Spirit are explored in detail, along with their appropriate use inside and outside of the local church. Lesson titles include A Gift of Power, A Word in Season, Gifts of the Spirit, Spiritual Gifts in the Church, The Gifts and Callings of God, The Utterance Gifts, The Prophet and the Apostle. The Gifts of the Spirit USB flash drive can be used on any computer, MP3 player, smartphone, tablet, or car stereo that is equipped with a USB connection. To order Gifts of the Spirit, visit our website at bobyandian.com. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Without the Word of God, our lives would be unstable and without direction. There would be no hope for believers or, for that matter, the entire world. In this seven-part series, Pastor Bob Yandian emphasizes and explains the vital necessity of the Word of God in the life of every believer. Sermon titles include A More Sure Word of Prophecy, The Inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God's Reputation, the wisdom of God's Word, the merchandise of wisdom, wisdom, riches, and honor, and Jesus, our wisdom. To order Importance of the Word, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I want to take a look at verses 1 and 4. Chapter 12, again, lists the gifts of the Spirit, but gives no uh, function of them. Why doesn't it do that? Because to be honest with you, how a gift operates in you is not exactly how it operates in me. And so the Bible isn't setting down these guidelines or these rules for them. It just simply names them. And once you begin to operate in them, how one person operates in, say, a word of knowledge, another person doesn't operate the same way. How one operates in word of wisdom, the other doesn't operate the same way. When one gives a tongue, in church to be interpreted, you can usually recognize that tongue because that's that right there goes with that person. But that will be different too from even the tongue they speak in in their normal everyday uh, praying in tongues to the Lord. And again, in your daily life, it's between you and God. It's not to be done in front of people. Don't cast your pearls before swine. It's a personal thing with you. But the tongue given in church is God speaking through you to the people. Whenever I personally speak in tongues, it's me speaking to God. I don't know what I'm saying. When he that prays in an unknown tongue speaks to God, the Bible says. So I'm speaking to God. And I can also speak in the tongues of men. I could be speaking in Japanese. I could be speaking in Spanish or Russian. The thing that is, I don't know, or English, you know. But again, when I'm praying to the Lord and I'm praying in tongues, at that moment, it wouldn't be English, of course. But at that time, I would be praying in a language that I don't understand. But it also goes on to say, though I speak in the tongues of men or of angels. I could be speaking in a heavenly language that's not even known on this earth. But the point of it is, in any case, I don't know what I'm saying. It's so far above me anyway, I'm talking to God. Imagine that when you speak in tongues, you're talking to God. You've moved up to his level. Anytime you pray in English, God comes down to your level because you understand it. But he, he knows that too. But he comes down to your level to talk to you. But when you pray in tongues, you speak to God. You come up to his level. A little adult conversation in, in heavenly language is what it's referring to. But when I am now filled with the Spirit, begun to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, it's no longer me speaking to God. It's God speaking to the people through me. And now it's a difference. There's a much more emphatic. It's much more uh, profound. It's got much more dogmatism behind it. What I'm simply saying is what you give in church and you give to the people is something that's going to bless and edify them. And for the moment, you have the platform. I'm not talking about the platform in front. You have the platform of leadership in the church for just a moment while you give it tongue. And then someone else can give the interpretation. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, if they don't, then you must give the interpretation. Just open yourself up to God. So it comes back to this too. In 1 Corinthians 14, we're going to find out again, the motive behind the gifts of the spirit. Look with me at verse one, follow after love. Love was chapter 13 and desire spiritual gifts. That was chapter 12. But mainly that you may prophesy, this is chapter 14, where the, the function of prophecy is given. I want you to notice something here, that prophecy in chapter 14 is you bringing before the congregation a word from the Lord in a language they can understand. The, listen, if you take a look at all nine of the gifts of the Spirit, and you want to find out the one that blesses the most people at one time, it's prophecy. You say, yeah, but what about working of miracles? That's on one person. You minister to one person, a miracle happens, everybody rejoices. But honestly, one that literally speaks to everybody and doesn't single one person out is prophecy. It's for the whole congregation and it accomplishes three things, edification, building people up, edification, exhortation, and comfort. So exhorting people 
again, and comfort. Exhorting can be a, a understanding of something and God understands what you're going through. But I want you to notice what prophecy is not. It is not the office of a prophet. Prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort, not to tell the future, not to tell what's going to happen in the United States or what's going to happen in Russia or what's going to happen in some other country. That's not what it's for. It's to bless the people at the moment. I mean, there's been times a person has given a prophecy in the church, again, in a general sense of the nine gifts of the Spirit, a prophecy in English, and you know it's the Lord because it starts out with the Lord speaking. It may not be thus saith the Lord, but the Lord is simply saying, I'm here in your presence to bless you. And, and he'll start to name some things, this person or this woman, whoever's giving it. And the point of it is, by the time you're into it, you realize this isn't out the office of a prophet. So again, because you prophesy does not make you a prophet. Every believer can we may all prophesy, it says in 1 Corinthians 14. There's an opportunity for opening yourself up and you can be used in prophecy. But here's the point. Because you prophesy doesn't make you a prophet, but no prophet ever began without prophesying. It could be the stairway into that office, but it may not be because not everyone's going to be a prophet. But this verse is simply saying, even the congregation can be used. Notice this again. Anyone can minister in the church, not just the pastor or the praise and worship leader, but you too can have an opportunity. And it says in verse four, he who speaks in an unknown tongue, that's in his personal life, edifies himself. But he who prophesies that's in the church edifies the church. When you speak with tongues, you edify yourself. You make yourself sensitive to the voice of of the Holy Spirit. You make yourself sensitive to the leadership of God. If there's things in your life that are missing that God wants to tell you, oftentimes I just tell people, pray in tongues and then wait. I mean, your waiting may be a number of weeks or a number of hours. It could be just at the moment because there's times I've prayed in tongues over something and said, Lord, I want to know this. And I, so I do that to build myself up because I know that God is speaking, probably has been speaking. It was Bob that was too dumb to hear from him. But by praying in tongues, I put myself on his level and then open myself up and the Lord can speak. You say, what if it's a devil? If I pray in tongues and ask God for something, Satan cannot come in and tell me something. And on top of that, it usually answers my question. Why would Satan want to answer a biblical question for me? He'd want to leave me in confusion. Verse 14 says again, he who speaks in an unknown tongue that's your own personal life. You edify yourself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now, in that chapter, we're also told this. This prophecy can come in one of two ways. First of all, it can come by a tongue and the interpretation of that tongue. And so in that case, uh, when that comes, it's equal to the prophecy. Or a person can just give a prophecy and it bypasses the tongue and interpretation of tongue. Now, your first question is, well, then why do we have tongues in church and interpretation if prophecy is the same thing? If you're open to the Holy Spirit and you feel the slightest inclination inside of you to give a tongue so somebody else can interpret it, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, the purpose of that tongue is to arrest the attention of the unbeliever. So that once he hears that, he'll go, what is it? In fact, he'll probably say, you guys are crazy. See, the Bible tells us how we think today. You say, this person's insane that's up speaking in this un unknown language. But what happened, it, it grabbed his attention to where immediately after that comes the word from the Lord. And it says, the moment that the interpretation comes, the secrets of this guy's hearts are made manifest. My whole thing comes back to this. Be careful in church when you're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, not to assume something. Do you want me to give this as a tongue? 
to be interpreted or do you want me to give us a prophecy? And if you already have the words to, to the interpretation, then give it as a prophecy. But if you don't and all you feel in, instructed to do is to give a tongue in the church, understand something. God is simply telling you there are unbelievers present and he's gonna use this to show them and they'll say the truth, God is in this place. They'll know it because of the supernatural, because the interpretation makes known the secrets of their heart. A word of knowledge can come through at the time when you're giving the interpretation to the tongue. But again, prophecy just bypasses both of those and goes straight to the word that will edify everyone else. What I used to do in church was when a person would give a prophecy. I love this because I said, I know there's a lot of skepticism here today because we have so many visitors and we had tons of visitors come to our church and from denominational churches that were taught this was all of the devil. I said, now, let me ask you a question. I said, how many of you, you know, uh, that are here today, how many of you will hold up your hand and say, that word spoke to me? And always 20, 30, 40% of the hands would go up. And I said, I see there, I didn't know that. I would not have spoke on that. That's not even part of my subject today. Not even in my sermon, but the Lord used someone here. Understand something, I am in the ministry. My praise and worship leaders in the ministry, but you're in the ministry too. Why can't the Holy Spirit use you? This is the purpose of church for participation. But here's where we also come back to it. 1 Corinthians 14 tells the pastor of the church to limit the number of the gifts of the Spirit that are in operation and keep it to two or at the most three. So the Lord is simply saying here, because why? We are not here for the gifts of the Spirit, first of all. The greatest thing we are here for is the edification of the entire church and that tongue and interpretation or that prophecy edified a few people in church, 40% of them, that's not just a few, but what the word of God's gonna do is hit every one of you. Once we get the word of God, it's gonna bless the entire congregation. So why don't we take this today and let this be a precursor, let this be an introduction because we've got a sermon coming that's gonna bless you incredibly. This has merely helped to plow the ground before the seed of the word of God is planted. Let's talk about 1 Corinthians 14. Let's take kind of an overall look of this chapter because it tells about the proper use of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all nine of them, and the word of God being preached in church. Remember again, there's other gifts that can operate in the church service, but usually they come through somebody who's called into those gifts, such as an evangelist. He'll operate in signs and wonders and miracles, and you can lay hands on the sick person and they'll recover. And here's another thing too. I mean, there might be more than one person that got something from the Lord, but you stand back and wait. And because if it's given, then you'll know something else. It's still for me, but what I'm gonna do is I'll probably end up ministering to somebody else. I've had this happen before. Someone came to me after church about uh, and told me, they said, last week, remember when that tongue was given in church? I said, yes. They said, I had it too. And I started to give it, and that person gave it first. At first, I was really offended by it and thought, well, how could God give it to one and not a, and, and another at the same time? They said, but I sat on it for a moment. They said, when I got out of church, I was heading toward my car, and someone was standing there, and I began to talk to them and found out that they began to tell what was going on in their life. And I realized something, that word I got in church was not for the entire church. It was for this person. Isn't that incredible? how the Holy Spirit knows that ahead of time. So don't get upset with God and don't get upset with me as the pastor and don't try to get some explanation out of me about something you don't understand at the moment. Just be patient, wait on God and you'll probably find out that God knew you were gonna find that person in the parking lot long before you did. So we come back to this. Oftentimes pastors and rightfully so are skeptical of the gifts of the Spirit. 
And you say, well, people leave because they don't understand, and especially tongues. They just don't understand that tongue stuff. That's because you have not explained it. Once they understand from the Word of God. In fact, when I would have a Word of God given in the congregation, a tongue, interpretation of tongue, a prophecy, as soon as it was over, there was a screen above me and two or three scriptures would come. And I said, for those of you that don't understand, this is found in the Bible. And this is found to operate in a local church. In fact, the scriptures up here, write them down. And when you go home tonight, would you read those? And or and throughout the day, just glance at those verses of scripture and find out, well, it is right there. I've never seen that before. But what pastors run into is people get skeptical and then you become afraid to try to explain it. Please explain it. You are the leader. You are the pastor. So sometimes we let them dominate in the church service or we don't allow it at all. That's the two two far ends of the universe on this, but there's a proper balance between the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And we will continue this tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.